0: This is Audio Applesauce, a podcast for kids who want to have fun and learn cool things. Today we will learn about animals and veterinarians. But first, the mystery sound. We'll tell you what it is later in the show. Now it's time for Word Wonder. Today's word is remnant. That means a small piece that's remaining from something. An example sentence would be There was only one remnant of the delicious brownies remaining. On to the interview! Let's learn about animals from a real live veterinarian. <laughs>
1: Would you please introduce yourself? Sure my name is Dr. Kipling Jones-Lang but I usually go by Dr. Jones or you can call me Kip. What's a veterinarian? <laughs> a veterinarian is basically an animal doctor but it's a pretty broad range there's a lot of different different jobs within that category so I'm a veterinarian I'm considered a mixed animal veterinarian or maybe a small animal. That, but there's a a huge range of things that you can do within the field. What are your favorite animals? I'm someone who appreciates almost every critter except bugs. Not too crazy about ticks and fleas and mosquitoes, but any creature to me is interesting. I love science and I love all the animals around us. Yeah, being furry and cute, you know, is is definitely a plus. <laughs> so dogs and cats and horses are, and bunnies and all those kind of guys are certainly fun to work with. And I have the most experience with those guys. But I do find something interesting about almost every critter.
0: Why do some animals have big noses and some have very small
1: ones? That's a good question. Well, I think a lot of times it has to do with what they're doing with their noses. For example, a bloodhound, a dog that uses its nose to find uh, its food, and, and we, we utilize that to help them find things that are lost, like people or, or um, possessions. So they have a long, large nose, and that, that nasal cavity is full of neurons, and it also is a tube shape. So it kind of directs all the, the incoming air back toward. What's called a cribriform plate, which is a very vascular area that leads up to an area of the brain where the, the smells are all interpretive. If you think of a horse too, they have a long nose and, and all the air flows in and, and back toward the cribriform plate and then there, it, it sense, senses the different smells and changes and the brain interprets it differently. Now, it also has to do with the number of teeth they have and what they eat because they need room for example, a horse or an elephant, to chew. They have they eat a fibrous diet, so they have big flat teeth, so they need a lot of room in their jaw to chew. So they kind of have that long face, whereas somebody like a pug, the dog with a short kind of squashed face, they have a really short nose. And actually, they're called a brachycephalic. Brachy means short, and cephalic means nose. So brachycephalic means short nose, like the pug, and you can think of a pug, they have big round eyes. So they're typically more of a, a sight dog. They're getting more of their information of their world through their eyes. And maybe their nose isn't quite as good. Why do bunnies have such long ears? Yeah, that kind of goes back to how they use their, their ears and the way they live. So their ears function to take in sounds, since they're considered a prey species, they have to be very aware of their environment. So they can hear grass bending or a twig breaking or, or something like that that might tell them that, oh, there's a predator coming and I better skedaddle and, and hide. So their ears help them to detect a change in their environment. So they're big and they're long. And they also function to help them. Uh, release heat. So for example, a hare that lives in the desert, they have long ears and the hair is thin on them. You can almost see the vessels right through them sometimes. And when it's hot out, they can release heat through their ears too. So that's kind of neat. You've seen elephants too that have flapped their ears to try to stay cool. Kind of that same same theory.
0: Um, could you talk about different animals' feet and what and what they're good for? For example, why do horses have hoofs, or why do dogs have webbed feet?
1: Ah, another good question. Well, feet have developed over time to help the animal in its different environment. So horses, actually their hooves are a remnant of the phalanges, or looking at your fingers, you have five little, five fingers, and those are called phalanges so the horses basically are walking on their middle finger and then the two on either side of that finger have become what's called splint bones they are sort of non-functioning remnants and and then they have actually have another little remnant on the inside of their leg that you'll see sometimes as well but they balance you know amazingly well on that one little finger And it's surrounded, encapsulated by a hoof wall, which would be similar to your nail. And that has developed to be very strong. And it's a living tissue, so it it does grow. And you have to trim it or it's worn down to keep them comfortable. And all four legs, these animals are so huge, 1,000 pounds or more sometimes. So this is the best way, I guess, for them to carry that load. And to live on the the hard, compacted ground that they are on a lot of the times, now, a dog or cat you know has actually the little pads like we do, more like our fingers, and they will they've developed as well. they have remnants like the dew claws that don't touch the ground anymore, and that has um, helped them to be maybe fast or more tactile. they probably have more sensation in their feet and then some dogs like Newfoundlands who are you probably know are big black long-haired dogs who originated in the the region of Newfoundland were water dogs they were used for water rescue so they were great swimmers so they have webbing between their toes which a lot of dogs do but theirs is even more extreme so they can really pull water
0: thanks for sharing you're very welcome (laughs) we're back with the mystery sound. Take another listen. Did you guess it? It's the sound of pulling out an oven rack. Now it's time for family fun, where we share some DIY ideas, jokes, and ways to spread kindness while you're at home. Something our family does at most dinners is a question game. You will need a fidget spinner and a permanent marker. Mark one side with the permanent marker and you're ready to go. Otherwise, you can use a fork or a pencil. The person who spins gets to ask the question. The person who who the spinner lands on gets to answer. Here are some questions you can use tonight. What is your favorite part of being your age? Tell us five things that you like about yourself. If you could spend a day doing anything you wanted, what would you do? Thanks for listening! And thanks to Dr. Jones. Music is by Jazar. Join us next time!